Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and I've got two great guests with me today to talk about recruiting boys or males into sociology um, as a subject, which I think is sort of one of those questions that you know, as me as a, as a practitioner, I'm sure lots of other people have had questions around. So we've got Toby with us, also uh, a great sociology teacher, and we've got Rupert, uh, also a sociology or social sciences teacher uh, as well. So I'm here to pick your brains. Are you okay with that? Thank you, first of all, for coming on this evening. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm going to refer to sort of males because that's how the data refers refers to this um but I suppose before we start into looking at the gender balance within sociology um what's your picture like at your school uh Rupert first of all in regards to recruitment for, for sociology well it's it, it, it's uh, it's a common thing I, I was reflecting on this before uh you know, just a few days ago um I work in a small sixth form college uh in uh, on the Surrey Hampshire border and um I'm the only teacher of sociology and I have uh, year one and year two, as we call it, uh, across the, 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 the space. Um, for my year two class, I've got a class of seven, uh, of which um, the split is uh, five, two, five females, two males. Um, in my year one, we've done a lot better in terms of recruitment and I've currently got 14, of which one is male. Um, and he's leaving at the end of the first year because he's doing an AS. So I'm going to have a class next year, 13, entirely female, um, which, of course, has odd positions for me because it means because of the nature of the subject. Um, I'm the only male in the room and I'm teaching mm. them about feminism. Um, mm. And uh, I even had to explain to them what the term mansplaining meant the other day, mm. which is... Um, I know I, I, I have to say that there's a kind of an irony here that I'm actually mansplaining mansplaining to a group of <laughs> entirely of females. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's 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 the nature of things. So um, yeah, it's 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 just very it's very much very girl heavy, um, yeah. and I think that's my experience of sociology generally. Yeah, I mean, I, I so it's just nice because obviously the data currently suggests that just under twenty five percent. Of the sort of makeup of A level sociology students tends to be uh, male, so we're sort of looking at sort of twenty two percent, and the rest is is uh, those identify with male, obviously, uh, and those identify with female. Um, what's what's your picture like at your school, Toby? It's quite interesting, really, because when I was looking at maybe six years ago to where we are now, it looks a lot better in 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 terms of the balance we've seen a big increase of males across our key stage four and key stage five but then listening to rupert as well it's it's actually we're quite similar so when when i first moved to um to the school i work at at the minute we, we took on a, an a-level class um all girls similar um whereas now 2023 the pictures look at around about national level 20 to 25 percent in some cases, um, in our current year 13 cohort, we've got one in three. So mm -hmm. for a class of 22, we've got seven seven males in there. So mm -hmm. a little bit above um, where we've been, but that trend has only been the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. When I first started in the role, 
Um, I was sometimes, like you say, Rupert, the only man in the room um, and the only man in the department for for a long time as well. Um, so quite interesting. So we've had a bit of change, definitely had a bit of change, and we've seen an increase recently. But it's still that disparity between males and females, and it's still a large gap, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because it was interesting because I was like, drilling into the data and obviously other subjects tend to have more of a balance and then you've got to see the other the other side of that in things like computer science where um, the balance is disproportionately males and um, over females. And it's making me reflect about my own experience as well. I mean, when I went weirdly, and I don't know how long you... I know that I've spoken to Toby and you, you've talked for seven years, but actually, when I first started teaching, actually, it was, I would say it was more like a 50-50 balance, which we talk about 18 years ago. And I, I, that's when there was coursework. And I know like sociological research suggests that, you know, boys argue we don't like coursework, etc. But it's when we had coursework and there was a unit called Power and Politics. Um, and we're talking, oh, goodness, yeah, 18, 18, 15 years ago. And there was definitely a, literally a 50-50 balance. In some years, I had... Um, more boys take social media than I did girls. Um, I actually think more recently it's it's less uh, of a gender balance. So why do you think this is the case? I mean, what what are your... Just again, we are just three people pondering this um, and discussing it. I mean, we're obviously just one perspective, your perspective. But what do you think, Rupert, is the reason we've got this? Um, well, it's... I mean, it's interesting hearing hearing the, 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 the difference. And because I'm coming from a an FE sixth form college perspective, there's a lot of things about recruitment then, because we, what we, we have to do is recruit them into the college. They come from the feeder 11 to 16 schools. So it's a slightly different thing. Whereas, do you, where, where if you, whereas if you're teaching um, at the top of a 11 to 18, you can begin to succeed um, what the subject's like. And, you know, there are, one doesn't want to toot one's own horn, but you know, you, you build up a rapport with kids if you're teaching them at GCSE, either sociology or um, history, which is my other subject or something further down the school. You can build a bit of a following. Yes, I'd like to do that. Oh, he, you're, you're teaching both of those. Okay, I'll do that. But of course, it's completely fresh. The other thing about sociology, I think, also is it's a new. It's often a new subject, whether it's school or college, at this level. And um, what I'm tending to find is I'm getting quite a few kids who are literally junking almost all of the subjects that they've done at GCSE and doing a completely new slate. And they're looking for ones that go together. And I'm quite often seeing psych, psychology and sociology as uh, uh, a double header. And then, to be honest, they tend to throw in English as well. And you've got the three biggest girl heavy subjects then. And that just seems to be a pathway that they're naturally moving towards. Um, and uh, I, I just think that there's, that there's a sort of thing about wandering around, if I'm going to do something new, let's do this. Oh, what's that? That looks interesting. Um, and uh, I'm not so much seeing the, I'm seeing one or two of the old fashioned, I could say old fashioned, you know, um, really politically motivated types. I've got one who's come to say to me, say, well, we don't do offer politics A level, but we do sociology, which is the next best thing. And I think it was a time in the past where politics and sociology and history indeed were quite a nice tight group that a particular student would go for. And that and, and history being more or less equally balanced between males and females, um, you get more that way. 
I'm I'm just seeing that sort of sociology and psychology. I don't know if they're offered in your schools, but it does. It's a very kind of common uh, link up, and they psychology is even more girl heavy than sociology. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, what's your experience? Thank you for that, Rupert. What about you, Toby? What's your experience on that? And what's it's, your um, experience? But I suppose what your perspective on it? Why do you think yeah. there is this sort of disproportionate um, balance? It's within... quite deep rooted, isn't it? Really, in mm. in kind of the the understanding of what sociology is. You've got you've got to convince parents as well as convince students first and foremost to take a subject they've never heard of. Um, that's before you get to the gender part. So there's already that battle um, in recruitment. And then when you start to think about the kind of viewpoint of sociology, how it's sold to people, um, the soft subject element to it, you've got that that problem there with with parents who will question like, well, well what will my you know my child get out of this? And more often than not, those questions come from parents of uh, of male students as well. Um, you mentioned interestingly just that link to politics, as which and I won't get down the rabbit hole on this, but the thinking like EBAC um, and the introduction of the EBAC and the kind of pushed aside yeah. of sociology um, over the last eighteen to twenty years, we, we're going to see these fluctuations of eighteen years ago when you're referencing having lots more males in the classroom might have been at a time where sociology was more prevalent and kind of accepted i feel like there's a resistance at times to sociology we, we, we talk about this obviously in um in our subject area don't we in, in within the curriculum um but yeah I, I don't i think it's deeper than what's what's happening in schools i think it's a societal expectation maybe a stereotype um you have a lot of boys who ask the questions well what is it is it you know is it about my brain and then you go no no that's psychology so is it about like my friends my family uh and then sometimes that's when a boy switches off it's less you know um i find a drive seems to be the the criminal aspect the you mentioned criminology to the year nines who are looking you know key stage three into key stage four Mm -hmm. and you know it's shoot up a little bit um so yeah, there's no, there's no one answer, is there? There's no one answer. But I do think it's quite a deep-rooted, stereotypical thing that mm. it's not new. It's something that's been continuing for quite a while. Um, and I know later we'll discuss on kind of how to break that, so I'll be quiet now. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, I, I totally hear you on this. I mean, it's like going back to what Rupert was saying about the the irony of it. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the in, in the sociology of education, subject choices, and why you know why there are gender specific subject choices and then you're standing and sort of replicating that within the classroom um and like i think you said to you i think it's it, like you just said uh, toby it, it's so deep rooted it isn't just your individual subject it could be a combination of things like you said that's the sort of the stereotypes that might go along with it that it's you know seen as genderized itself as a subject um uh, potentially, and where it might sit within a school, with its whether it's in the humanities department or whether it's within health and social care and childcare within a sixth form or or within an FE college, you've got also, I suppose, if you if like you said, it's it's deep rooted. I was thinking about my own experience, and then the gender balance there, and then you think how that's replicated when you go off to university and do your degree in, in the proportion um, of of sociology students. Then they may go off and go on to teach, and then 
sisters and we've got that sort of gender role role model as such in the classroom so yeah definitely hear that um so i suppose my next question is which i know you sort of alluded to uh toby is what i suppose first of all why is it important to have or is it important to have a gender balance do you know what I mean um is it even important and if so why um if i come to you first toby and i come to you but why do you think that that might be the case uh, what do you what are your views on that should we or is, is it important is it is it damaging not necessarily i think the important element particularly for young boys is to give them like that ability to learn empathy and to take the blinkers off a little bit and that you know that can go to any young teenager male or female um, but particularly for boys, I, I find it really interesting when you've got that 14-year-old, in comparison to the 16, 17-year-old you have later on, having that 14-year-old have that conversation about feminism and and then look at you and go, what do you mean you're a feminist? You're a man. And it's interesting because that, that's where they're cognitively at, aren't they? That's how they look at it, quite, quite literally. Um, so I do think it's important that more boys do take sociology in the aspect of t developing empathy, getting a bit of a deeper understanding. It, it can shape their behaviours, change their behaviours. You know, personally, for me, I, I know when I was a teenager, I'd never heard of sociology and it, and it really did open up my eyes and change my view and all that um, when I was a bit younger. And I do think that more boys do need that. Um, so I do think it's an element of importance, but I don't think the statistics aren't damaging to society as such. Uh, the only thing that I think is frustrating uh, and quite ironic is the fact that sociology alludes itself to politics, to your jobs you might get in the future lead you to maybe representing people in houses of parliament and etc. We have such a small cohort of boys nationally, but more mm. sociologists are male and more politicians are male. So it, that obviously frustrates the students and it's a good statistic to look at and it causes really good debate. Um, that's quite a frustrating viewpoint. Yeah, no, that's worth noting, isn't it? I mean, as you were saying, I was thinking that myself, you know, yeah. you think about how sociology is used in so many fields within the careers. And obviously, you know, we've had a session previously about quiz with uh, Dr. Alison Hugh about it. And yet that isn't reflected in you know the sort of weight of students that are taking it from the gender balance are predominantly those that identify with female yet we're not seeing that replicated within like you know politics itself or or within um academia i was reading some article about the sort of gender imbalance within with academia at, at degree mm. level uh, and the doctors within that um what about your what about you what do you think is there what would be the need for you for or maybe not for more boys to do sociology I, I, think, I think it's it, it's a really interesting question. Does it matter? We we teach it. Obviously, we teach gender imbalance and subject choice as part of the the, the, the spec. Um, and there's part of me that that wonders whether that's as much of a problem as we uh, as we seem to make, as seem to make out. Particularly when you do it this way around, them saying there is a problem about girls not doing maths. But is there a problem about do girls doing math, for example, or computer science? Does it really matter? Boys uh, seem to be naturally more drawn uh, to that in the same way that girls are drawn to psych. But I mean, that's a different question. Um, in terms of bo uh, boys doing sociology, the only thing I would say is I think I'd follow the careers um, idea. I 
in, in one of my previous lives, I worked for AQA on developing this sociology spec. And I spoke to a lot of teachers when we were trying to well, basically sell it um, and explain what was going on. And I, it, it's at that stage where I think that the, that whole question of what is sociology for comes in. And in effect, um, you know, the next generation of primary school teachers, social workers, um, criminologists, etc., are all going to start, could well be starting here with our subject or subject. And if you don't want 80, 90% of the, um, uh, you know, clinical psychologists to be female, we need to do something about it now. So, you know, it, it, it's, it, there, is a, there is a degree. I mean, I was saying it's the fact that, you know, we have responsibility because this is a route that they often take. And so therefore we're trying to get more, um, uh, more coming in. And uh, it, so, it, it is important up to that point, but I would agree, you know, it, it's important. But I, I wonder, you know, it's it's probably a nice to have thing. I mean, we just have to, it's supposed to be a free choice. And I would never want to make anyone to do the subject, uh, do the subject. Because that's just um, an exercise in futility, I think. Yeah, like Shimmy Duran just, be to, to, like you're saying, is to just create a balance within the statistics that wouldn't be the motivation necessary but then it's interesting to think about the skills that are being developed within sociology and I think sometimes this is maybe talking from experience and my own little small world that I live in within the social sciences department and is that sometimes when we shut that door um you sort of forget that obviously you read the news and stuff but it's so I suppose uh, critical thinking liberal thinking questioning um open minds, not judgmental, all the things that social is about, empathy. And then when you do open the world, the door to the, the big wide world, you sort of forget that actually not everyone thinks like a sociology student who's able to question and, and do that. And I think that's the beauty of something that sociology offers. And sometimes you think, oh, I wish everyone took sociology because of those reasons. Um, mm. But ultimately, like you said, you can't force anyone to do that. That's something they've got to arrive at their same time. Um, and sometimes you kick it out through other things like your role maybe as a tutor or if you have to yeah. pick up some PSHE or something like that. Um, and definitely sometimes it's the first time those students have heard of like words like feminism or, or seen feminism as more than just radical feminism, potentially, or mm -hmm. have spoken about hearing the voices, I think, as well of, of girls. I think sometimes that's really important, you know, without getting into sort of spotlighting and the students feeling like they have to be representative females, is hearing their views and their experiences of maybe you know, victimology or something like that. It's quite interesting. Um, so ways forward, I mean, we've, we're saying ways forward, we're still obviously working towards that in trying to create, um, you know, a more sort of wider recruitment within sociology. What guys, What things do you guys do? Like, um, Toby, what do you do in order to sort of engage or recruit students? Because obviously that's where it first starts is a recruitment process. Yeah, I think, um, again, small bubble for me um, at this school in Cheshire is a case of we before I started it was a completely female department of six or seven incredible teachers um, small small numbers six form was a bit smaller back then as well I think the, the key element is is role models um, and I'm, I'm, I'll say that delicately I don't mean that in order to drive recruitment you must have a male member of staff but what I'm suggesting is that role model um, for a for a young boy to see and go, oh, actually, yeah, there's a male teacher. Somebody might identify with, maybe find that they'd learn a bit easier with. 
does really help. And I've kind of seen proof in the pudding because uh, one of our most recent uh, employees to the department is a male as well. And we've, we've looking at projections for September, the current year nine going for key stage four sociology is looking at about 33% boys again. Um, and that's at the minute, that's just a projection. So there's, there's an element of gravitas there in between having I mean, that male role model. Um, but I, I do think that's a smaller element of the re- recruitment though. I think a lot of it is breaking down that barrier of a misconception of what sociology is. Um, and that happens at open evenings. Unfortunately, um, and I don't know what it's like in, in your schools or in FA, F, particularly in FEs actually, um, those open evenings are recruitments literally for when I was first in my career, this was a case of if we don't get enough, I don't know if I have a job next year. That, that's how I can feel sometimes. And we're quite fortunate now that we're in a position where the subject sells itself quite nicely, but th- those nights are to sell to not just the girls, but to the boys. And I find one topic obviously alluded to criminology earlier and you talk about the crime and deviance element. Um, but I also find education as a tool to recruit them is quite interesting. Um, if you get the time on a, on an open evening to talk to those boys about, and this is an overgeneralization by the way, but if you talk to those boys about, have you, have you ever got in trouble and it wasn't your fault or do you feel like you get picked on when you walk into that classroom? And they're like, yeah, that is me. And you can go, well, actually, if you take this subject, you, we're going to look into that. And we're going to look into the kind of the deeper meanings behind why you get in a bit more trouble or why you've got so many detentions, et cetera. Obviously, overgeneralizing. But I've found <clears throat> we've seen a bit of an increase in, in males in the last couple of years because they're interested a little bit more about understanding themselves and developing mm-hmm. that empathy. Uh, and I, not every boy has gone for that, but I've, I've had those conversations and I've heard other members of depart- my department have that conversation at open evening during recruitment. And it's, it's the carrot on the end of the stick. Um, and there's a stereotypical view of the criminal nature, but I, I, I found using that education discussion they, and that light bulb moment of, wait a minute, I'm not always naughty. And I, maybe I am labeled. That, that sometimes helps. Um, but yeah, I think the role model element also links as well, just because we've seen a bit of an increase since having a male in the department, we've seen an increase in more males in key stage five as well. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because I think sometimes hooking students will stop irrespective of, of, of background is making it applicable to them and sometimes yeah. it stops being such an abstract subject when you start talking about things that are meaningful to them, like have you, you know, Oh, have you got a sense of inquiry and what things do you question? Have you questioned this? Have you questioned that? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And maybe I, I mean, I lead with that as well. Like, what questions do you have? And, yeah. you know, partly because that's what sociology did for me as well. What about yourself, Rupert? What do you do in order to, uh, in, in terms of recruitment? Well, I mean, again, the FE world is, is slightly different because we, we just getting them cold or we have open evenings, like you, like, like you said, but we don't know them and they don't know us. So there's no um, previous to it. What we have managed to do is um, we uh, I've been invited into a few of our main feeder schools to give a talk. They they regularly have talks every so often. So once a term, I'll talk to a cohort of year 10s. And um, and I've got a presentation I use. And the way I do it is um, to talk about it in terms of terms of I can say social facts and you'll all know what I mean. 
but I, I, I put, um, I know, I know, I know you might say that social facts don't exist, but we won't go into that now. But I'll say something like, why does crime happen? Go on, why does crime happen? Don't you want to find out why crime happens? And, and they'll look at me and, and I get that kind of odd, kind of slight, uh, that odd sort of dog look. Really? What? Um, I wouldn't expect, I thought it was all about feminine. No, no. Why does, we're going to answer this question. Why, wouldn't you want to know? Why does crime, and then uh, I, I give them a very sort of potted version of strain theory, but, you know, saying, have you ever felt that strain? And I put a picture of, um, you know, a, a, a beautiful couple on a, in a private jet and someone with his hands on his hands in his he head in his hands on a desk and say, it's because it, you thought it was going to be like that, but it's going to be like that. And, you know, they're beginning to sort of uh, 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 understand, to make that connection about sort of, so we're going to answer some really, really basic fundamental questions about life and that life and the world is difficult and unpleasant and messy and complicated and we, we, it's a way of trying to find our way through it so that, and, I, and i've had some traction from that the other way i do it when i'm having one-to-ones when we have open evenings is again because it's fe um we're focused much more on on outcomes because we only have them for two years what are they going to do at the end and as soon as they start talking about that when we whenever they say i mean might be interested in law then that makes a big difference because I, we can then sort of link law and sociology together, which is, which I know we know is very, very close, but I don't think it's very well understood. They see mm. sociology like, like it's kind of another English A-level or like psychology is actually closer to law. And I say, you come out then, because we offer law A-level, which I know isn't that common, particularly in schools, um, to be able to say, you can go out, you can apply then to do a law degree, knowing what law is, and what what crime is and why it happens and that's a really really powerful thing and i've sent a, a a number of students successfully off to do law degrees with law and sociology in the back pocket and really really confident about being able to talk about law and talk about strain and talk about all the other things about um law and crime and uh, enforcement and all of that sort of thing and it's all it that sort of challenging stereotypes slightly about the fact that it's all about feminism and mm -hmm. and you know i can i've had some really interesting conversations about so people thinking i might be interested in that because they've seen suits or they've seen you know some law you know they have this fantasy about being a lawyer but okay fine we'll feed it i said sociology is is like a uh it's like a stretch sock it will op only open opportunities for you and you, you know you're thinking about that and that's quite a fruitful discussion um and there, dare I say it, I don't think that has particular gender bias to it. And in fact, um, some boys, I think, would really respond well saying, you know, because law is a good professional career, which could be very, very well remunerated. And if this is a way of getting there, then yeah, sure, I'm interested. So you try anything you need to. Because as you're talking, I'm just thinking, maybe the question isn't just about, obviously, I met, the reason I want to look at gender is because of the gender statistics. But maybe the question isn't about gender. Maybe the question is about just demystifying sociology and what it is. Yeah. Um, because actually, I was thinking, as I was reflecting as you were talking, was just actually there are a lot of myths around sociology, a lot more, a lot of myths. And maybe it's true for other subjects. I, mean, I don't teach other subjects. Um, other than actually, I do. <laughs> but I mean, within social sciences, I do. Yeah. Um, and what is demystifying that? I mean, you know, I know that 
it's it's common that some schools are trying out giving the same entry requirements as other subjects but traditionally sociology with other some of the humanities tends to have lower uh grade requirements to say i don't know maths or, or chemistry and that probably adds to that um myth around what sociology is i mean what are your views on that i mean it's something i was thinking as you were talking i was like is it a question not about gender is it a question or is it a question more about the the myths that circulate around sociology as an a-level or as a gcse um i'll come to you toby or rupert go for it yeah i'm sorry yes Uh, yeah i i i i certainly uh i i certainly completely see what you're saying there i mean i think the the way in which sociology is is sort of one of the things that we suffer from um, from sociology, and this is the true in schools and colleges, is because it's generally brand new in the sixth form. So I've, I also teach A-level history and I have a small, it's smaller, but the ones who want to do it really want to do it. They've loved history all the way through school um, and they're absolutely committed and it doesn't matter what bit of history I'll be teaching, that's what they'd want to do. But with sociology, we have to, we're at a standing start. And it's just much harder even to get a voice. They might pass us by and think, oh, yeah, well, that's that's sort of interesting. But then there's only a, there's a whole range of other new stuff that's around. And we'll always slightly suffer if compared to psychology because that seems to be more sciencey and and uh, uh, it has that has that better that thing there. So I think we suffer because it is brand new. Um, I also think it's, you know, I. I, I don't teach GCSE sociology. I know it's offered in some schools and I'm getting one or two who come through, but um, I, I don't know that there's many reflections about that. I think the, I think your point about demystifying sociology is really, um, is really interesting because, um, you know, if you talk to them about, you're going to answer some basic, basic fundamental questions about life and how you fit into it and why certain things happen and actually help really build your career rather than it be something you put into. In terms of just very quickly, because I, I, I know I've been rabbiting for too long. Um, in terms of grade requirements, we don't have we all we have for um, sociology is they must have got a six in English um, to be allowed on the course, and even that we don't enforce too much. But actually, that's higher than um, that I do and I that I do interlet people onto history. Um, so um, I mean, I, I, we we say six simply because of the amount of essay writing, and that's still problematic um but also because we sort of have to affect uh, uh, t- um take um whoever's interested who is ever who is whoever comes along because it's um there's there's no previous on it yeah and it's hard to get that so sometimes it, the students might not particularly have liked i'm trying to think english for argument's sake but it ends up being quite good sociology doesn't always go hand in hand from my experience sometimes obviously the basic literacy skills need to be there but it, it it's not that's all that needs to be there basically um what about yourself final thought from toby uh what your sort of thoughts around sort of that last question around the dissertation it's interesting because i do think there is a definite kind of agenda underlying like notion there but that myth of sociology is one of the biggest battles you deal with at uh, open evening when you're when you're when you're a salesperson and you're really trying to sell your subject. That that is where the the myth busting comes in, and you get the questions of like, well, what's this going to do for their future? And that that's the moment I think you've really got to. You, that's where you got to shine. Um, and oh, it hates me. I hate to say this part, but 
um, I've, I, I do know that that kind of salesmanship becomes a little bit gendered as well. And you might say to one person, oh, well, if you take this, it's going to help you become, you referenced primary teachers earlier, didn't you? And you, you know, you might say, you take this subject, it's going to help you do this. And I find when you start to use the word managerial and skills, like you just understand people, use sociology to understand people and you can become a manager no matter what you're going into. If you're not being, you're not stood here right now to say, I want to be a sociologist in the future. You stood here right now because you maybe want to know a little bit more about yourself and understand others. Maybe people from less fortunate backgrounds than yourself. Maybe people of different gender, a different ethnicity. That I think is the kind of discussion point that should be should be pushed in order to dispel those myths. There's a lot of a lot of parents, even students, even teachers, um, and peers and colleagues that I work with who who have myths about sociology, and, and might make an off the cuff comment. And if they're making that off the cuff comment to you professionally or even personally at lunch, imagine what that kind of conversation is like in in the classrooms when it when we talk about pushing soft and hard subjects. We're not just dispelling the myth with parents. We're dispelling the myth across the society. It's quite a challenge, um, but there's yeah. definitely a gender, a gender undertone there. I think. Oh, definitely, and like you said, with regards to sort of even people's maybe consciously, unconsciously saying that, um, and like you said, there isn't, there aren't. I think we, I think going full circle, there aren't subjects for girls and there's not subjects for boys. What's happened is structurally we've created this. Go back to your your sort of word is sort of, um, I think someone mentioned it, the social construction of it. Um, it's so entrenched into our society. And maybe that's, obviously that needs to change in order for there to be true engagement with any subject, including sociology, whether that be from the myths around it being soft or hard or, you know, um, genderization of different subjects. And it, it, it as you said, it, it's more deep rooted than just the data that's on a table. Um, and that may take, some time for that to happen uh, and it doesn't help if wider society is potentially reinforcing some of those stereotypes as well yeah. um and, and which we'll and obviously it and it doesn't help as well if like you said sometimes and not always but sometimes maybe colleagues as well as parents i always i'll leave you this thing but I, I always get that question as well what are they going to do within the future and i always go because obviously a little bit older i go oh how many ict lessons did you have when you were at school and they go oh one lesson a week doing paint i said now what's our industry like now how often do we use computers and i think that's when the penny drops so we can't really prepare ourselves so like postmodernist we can't prepare ourselves yeah. for the uncertain future um and the great thing about sociology it teaches those critical things thinking skills, doesn't it? So, um, but thank you for your time no, and good to sort of question it and think about, you know, how we recruit our students into sociology and, and to get a breadth of students from all di diverse backgrounds. Um, and the more people engage in sociology, the better. Um, that's my, my, my biased opinion, basically. But uh, thank you for your time and, um, and all good luck for the next half, term and a half when it comes up to exam time as well and to your students. And to you, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. A lot. Take care, guys. Thank you. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor to you sock or Instagram at tutor to you sock. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.